0: The Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by Orr Cycling Apparel. They make great fitting, pro-level cycling kit made with coffee grounds. So that's eco-friendly as well. And five trees are planted with the purchase of every garment. If you're out and about and want to be seen in some good-looking cycling kit, go check out 0 Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast and I am very lucky to be joined this week. Well, this week, it's been ages since we last recorded the podcast, but anyway, it's now on to Battle Recharge and we're talking to Chris Miller of Nero KOM Financial Advice Racing Team. Chris, how you doing?
1: Very well, Jamie. Yourself?
0: I'm I'm doing quite well. I'm a bit sleep deprived from all the Tour de France that's going on at the moment, but um, I, I suppose that's not unique amongst the cycling community.
1: It's a a pretty common conundrum I think we all deal with over these three weeks. Uh, I know we probably won't talk about it too too much at all, but I will say this is probably the first tour in a long time that I've actually been making the effort to watch some of it. So it's been good from that perspective.
0: Yes, well, you can, of course, watch Chris and hear his thoughts on the tour on the Nero live shows. Have you got any more of them coming up, Chris? <laughs> we
1: get, look, we're going to try one from up here. So obviously we're up um, uh, in Kingscliff in the Tweed Valley uh, for for battle. We've we've brought the equipment. Uh, we're hoping the internet will be up for it, and uh, we may have a crack uh, later on the weekend. Obviously just keep a, keep an eye on some of our social media stuff and we'll let you know.
0: Of course, if you um, don't know Chris, I mean, you've been living under a rock, presumably, well, a rock, which um, doesn't include the Sydney and national Australian cycling community, uh, but he runs the Neo KOM uh, YouTube channel, which uh, is offers some really good little insights into what it's like to race locally, um, little tips on how to race and uh, how to set your bike, uh, and more recently, they're um, I'd say devolving into a bit of punditry, really. I mean, stepping down to my level and commenting on stuff like the Tour de France.
1: Yeah, yeah. Look, uh, it, that's that's obviously been a bit of a bit of a change for us. But um, the, the the main sort of reasoning behind the this sort of content in the original position was was because we well, kind of no one else was really creating any content on domestic racing, so we thought here's some some pretty cool racing that's going on that. Um, the, the level of which is, is just as good as anywhere else. So why not sort of get into it and, um, and share that kind of experience that we're having with the wider audience, really?
0: And speaking of some of that fun domestic racing, we're going to talk about the Battle Recharge now. Uh, Been the Battle Recharge for now about uh, a year? Um, after the 2017 event was cancelled due to, due to the cyclones and flooding they had around the region. So they put it on later in the year, called it the Battle Recharge, and it's still called the Battle Recharge. So um, we'll talk about the men's event. We've um, had Grace Brown on as well, talking about the women's. She'll appear a bit later in this podcast. Um, but we'll jump in straight to the men's stages. And uh, Chris, you've had a, a bit of time up there now. Um, what What's your impression of the area and how the racing is going to be? Um, over the next uh, weekend,
1: aggressive, definitely. I mean, I, I kind of think that's the way. It, even historically, this this race seems to have uh, have always transpired. Um, you're looking at really tough road races, not super selective. You know, th- there's no Gibraltar Range or anything like that. That is a that is a dominant aspect to any of this, but it's it's. It's the kind of road racing that, you know, from, from managers and a, and a development perspective that I think we need more of, it's going to be a real just generally tough bit of road racing and the strong guys will, will do well. And when I say the strong guys, I think physically and tactically because it's, it's that type of event where um, you have to have your head screwed on um, to, to make sure you're using your energy in the right space.
0: Yeah, I think we saw um, examples of that last year where um, the, it wasn't so much the course that made things selective, but um, the weather was certainly incredibly hot and the racing uh, just made things, um, made riders go out the ass and finish, you know, 20 minutes down. And it ended up with like Brendan Davids being able to make use of those riders kind of imploding behind, go off the front and take that ridiculous win that he ended up taking.
1: I think that's right. I mean, th- this is this is not an event. Well, from from my perspective, anyway, I think that uh, is going to be controlled by any by anyone or anything. Um, I think this is this is going to be a real hell for leather. The flag drops and it's it's go basically. So, uh, I think, as I said, it's the kind of thing that I would love to see more of, and it's it's something that we're really keen to get behind.
0: Okay, we'll jump into the stages now. And stage one is 130.8 kilometres um, around uh, Chialgum, I think it's pronounced. And it's sort of this lumpy affair. And I think the um, stage two is held over very similar roads. Um, it these sort of really quite steep little short bergs, which they have in there, um, which are challenging, but not overly hard. And then these sort of open, open areas where the wind can pick up if it's if it's that sort of weather and really split the race apart if you're not in the right position at that stage.
1: Yeah, 100%. I mean, look, I doubt there will be um, any any big bunch finishes in this race, but if there was to be one, this is probably the one that's more likely. Um, like you said, really sort of short, sharp kind of China Climbs Stuff that you know, if you're poorly positioned, maybe maybe something a wheel is dropped and a and a split is made. But I, I think, like you said, it's it's something where where a break or um, maybe even some crosswinds could could um, could have an effect. Like I think you just mentioned there, the the temperature it, it is beautiful up here. I'm not going to lie; like it's 24, 25 degrees. You couldn't have better conditions to race your bike, but like. The thing is, we've we've come from yeah. Okay, it's not been freezing in Sydney, but it's not twenty four degrees when you're riding your bike. It's ten degrees cooler, and the guys in Melbourne are you know knock another ten degrees off that again. So, I think we're we're all going to have a little bit of uh, salt stained jerseys tomorrow, no matter what.
0: Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I was speaking to a few of the Brisbane lads um at the on the start line of Grafton, and they were freezing. But um, yeah, you, you, go to, uh, you go just a few. Uh, like fifty to hundred k's further north, and up to Murwillumbah, and it's it's nice and peachy keen for them. So yeah, uh, a lot of local guys are going to be a bit better suited to, the, to those conditions than uh, us southerners, as they as they
1: probably call us. Indeed, indeed. This this being a, a lapped course as well, I, I think um, it gives a, a little bit of it, it. They're always tough lapped courses like this, where where you you know that the the hits are going to continue to come um it just sort of backs up my sort of theory that this this stage breaks up
0: mm. um the second stage um uh, again run over very similar roads but it kind of finishes with uh two sort of steep um, climbs in succession there in the, like the last uh five to ten kilometers um i don't know have you have you had a look at that um end of the course yet and see what it's gonna
1: no, we haven't, unfortunately. Um, but the, like you said, it it's it does seem as though the the consensus seems to be that the pure sprinters are going to struggle um, to make it over la- those last two bergs, especially at the end of what is effectively another one hundred and forty k day. Um, so this this is a real breakaway day, um, a real bike riders bike riders um, stage, I think, from my opinion. So. Uh, again one that's going to be very difficult to to control by any team um, and also a bit of a technical nature to this course from what I've from what I've heard so far so um, the, the twisting turning that kind of stuff where where a big bunch um, is position is going to be absolutely key in this type of in this type of stage
0: um, then on to the 10 kilometer stage three time trial. Um, it just looks flat to me. I mean,
1: yep, yep. Look, in short, yeah. Is, I don't think this, uh, I don't think this really um, solidifies any GC type um, um, issue. Uh, from a team manager's perspective, it's a bit of a pain because obviously this is a, um, uh, bring the bring the disc, bring the bring the aero gear, all that kind of stuff. So there's some some additional logistics to take care of. But uh, look, as far as this being um, um, a super selective thing, I'm not sure to be honest. Pure flat, pure pure power uh, time trial, no doubt.
0: Yeah, I was just looking quickly down the start list, and we don't have. Oh, we've got Jordan Kirby. Okay, mm-hmm. yeah, okay, we've got a big favourite. Yeah, um, yeah. Yep. and then on to the final one one point four kilometre criterion circuit. Um, I was commenting in the women's edition that it, hopefully it should be it should be a safer edition of the criterion this year because the last year's course was a bit hairy at um, at least one of the corners was downhill into a right angle and there was some uh, some road work going over on the side which...
1: because this this is a new course. This is not a course. i th- I'm pretty safe in saying they've uh, they've used before. Um, and what I'm hearing is you're not touching your brakes at any point on this circuit. It is fast.
0: Okay, well, that should make for good viewing at least. Um, yeah, so we'll probably dive into the teams now. And defending champion, Brendan Davids, um, of course, he rode that race for Oliver's Real Food Racing, which remains their remains their only win in the, in the NRS. Um, but that was incredibly impressive When, If you remember back to that, he, he won. I do. He won stage three by five minutes <laughs> uh, from, from going from the early breakaway solo quite early. And I think everyone underestimated him in that effort. Um, I remember pulling up to Jason Lee, who was, who was leading the charge over. And um, he's like, what's the time gap? I'm like, uh, four minutes. And he's like, bullshit. <laughs> yeah. he, he said it a bit more. Yeah, than that, and uh, I was like, "Well, yeah, sorry, mate." Just gave him a shrug.
1: No, it was, and, and look, that was a proper chase. There, there was no um, sort of shenanigans there. That was, that was a full out chase by a few teams to bring him back, and they were not eating into it. So it was, it, yeah, look, impressive is an understatement with that ride.
0: Um, he's gone on to have a fairly good, fairly good uh, twenty eighteen. He was good at the Commonwealth Games um, race. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Remember there, though we think he had a mechanical during the TT, which was a bit unfortunate. Um, but yeah, he comes back and as the defending champion, um, obviously Ben Long have have all the cards to play because they're Ben Long's Swiss Wellness and they've pretty much all their riders could win this race. We're talking Brendan mm-hmm. David, Scott Bowden, Cam Bailey, uh, Alex Porter, Tim Rowe, uh, Aidan Tovey, and Anthony Giacoppo. And you can't really leave any of those names out, and you know discount them if they go away in the breakaway, can you?
1: No, not not under any um, circumstance. Look, you know, if there is a team that can possibly control a portion of this race, you know, that's obviously the guys, um, proven winners the whole way through the through the team, like you mentioned, really. <laughs> Really hard to pick someone who's uh, who's going to be a standout from that team, and that's their strength, obviously, because, you know, they're, they're pure depth, absolute depth. Giacoppo, you know, hard to hard to bet against him bobbing up somewhere in the next couple of days, as far as I'm concerned. Um, on to the second-place
0: team in the current NRL standings. It's Inform Make. And obviously, Raphael Freinstein, um, their key rider from Grafton and Inverell is back again, along with Pat Lane and Carter Turnbulls. Probably, their, their other um, decent cards that they'll be playing in this race.
1: Yeah, look, it, I mean, it's interesting. Like we can we can obviously go through all these teams, and it's it, my kind of takeaway from from a lot of these teams thus far is is there's a lot of depth to the to all of the teams. We're looking at some very strong guys. But there is a severe lack of, of sprinters. There's clearly a massive um, gap in the, the top-end sprinting prowess, which maybe has something to do with the time of year it is, maybe has something to do with uh, the parkour that we're going to be racing over. Um, but, you know, Raf is going to be very hard to beat in, you know, he's a, he's a man who tends to find himself in... Um, selective breakaways and from selective breakaways is is pure class. No two ways about it. And Pat Lane, well, we we know how good Pat Lane is, and and you can't even you can't um, disregard his ability to move that team around the the road as well, which is is something that um, a lot of the the newer teams, you know, are obviously working on.
0: Yeah, you're right. It's probably gonna to have to come down to those more selective sprint sort of guys. Ryan Thomas from Brisbane, he's yep. probably a guy I put up there. Um Craig Wiggins, I've been hearing good things about what he's been doing um, yep. over in Europe in his in his um in his season over there. Indeed, um,
1: ran into him at the coffee shop this morning.
0: Oh, really? Yep. Yeah. <laughs> um, Nick White, he he would have won a stage in Sri Lanka if they'd brought back the breakaway, but <laughs> You know, I'm not sure how much Sri Lankan form is going to play here, but he, he's a he's a quick sprinter. And I don't know who else we got. Liam Lawler, maybe, from Van Damme, if you're looking for a bit of a different name. But, yeah, you're right. It's it's hard to find too many rapid finishes. Yeah, so it's going to be interesting to see who controls the race then. I mean, Benalong will probably do what they normally do, you know, get as many numbers in every move that they can and try and control it from the front, which normally works well for them. Yes. Um, but there are a number of other strong teams. I was really impressed with Brisbane's team, actually, because whilst you'd say Jordan Kirby and Ryan Thomas would be their main guys on, I don't, I don't know their form, but um, on quality, they've also got names like Oliver Martin, uh, the Tasmanian, Michael Vink and Tom Robinson, who are all very capable, you know, uh, riders that will that have won um, a lot of races over their time.
1: No, I agree. Um, and you may have I did a, a vlog a, a while ago about those guys, and I absolutely love their kit. I think it's one of the best ones going around in the in the current um, in the current peloton. So, you know, they're they're fast and uh, they look good. So um, that's that's half the battle, really.
0: I saw that video; it was a good one. One of the more iconic kits, I suppose, is Oliver's. And, yes, and their and their green green dipped kit is still going around. I saw them do some promotional
1: work for their uh, parent company the other day and i mean it just fit uh i'll never admit this to to sam but i I went into oliver's yesterday and like it's it's it is fantastic because even the staff that were there know the team like they know that there's a bike racing team that they represent the the organization and that 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 is absolutely fantastic it's it is a, a dream really from a from a manager's perspective absolutely the individuals are an interesting one, I actually think. I don't know if you want to get onto that just yet. Are we talking Ryan Kavanagh? Well, I think we might very well be talking Ryan Kavanagh, yeah.
0: Okay. Ryan Kavanagh of St George Continental Racing. Of course, he was second last year in the individual NRS standings. Um, yep. I think he won the, the young rider standings as well. So, yeah, obviously yeah, a rider of immense quality and... Who else we got on here? Elliot Schultz, class. we um, both ACA, but ACA aren't here because they're overdoing the tour of King High Lake, which indeed is a, a tough challenge for them over there. I don't envy any of those going up to 4,000 meters. <laughs> Living
1: out. the altitude dream, yeah. Look, as far as the individuals go there, I mean, if there is going to be an NRS race this year that... Um, is a real shot for an individual. I think this is the one. So, you know, like like we mentioned, their control from teams is is not going to be um, is not going to be uh, really possible. So, we're looking at um, maybe one of these guys being able to get up the road with with the right selection.
0: Well, yeah, and then if he can do it on the second stage, ideally, then you don't have to worry too much about defending in the time trial and the criterium as much. So, it's less likely to be a situation like. The tour of Tasmania, for instance, where we saw a new individual rider um, claim the lead there and then get get swamped on the final sort of stages. So
1: Yep, yeah. absolutely. I'm I'm just sort of looking through some of some of the other guys. Um, obviously, we know a lot more about the the New South Wales teams um, specifically. You know, we, we race a good bit against the GPM guys. Um, you know, good solid solid team with a bit of experience. Um, Ed Ed Weiss, you know, I think he's been in pretty much every NRS breakaway since nineteen seventy four, so um, he'll hundred percent be around the right place. Cam Roberts was was riding really well before Grafton, um, so you know again some some strength there. But again, it's 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 more kind of this um, consistent depth rather than stand out type um type rider which is uh, i think where where re- we really come at it as well that's that's certainly something that we're trying to trying to work on is just that kind of team depth across the across the board so, so now mtos i think i'm right in saying and making their nrs debut at this race which is worth noting
0: yeah well there's a few interesting um smaller teams on the list. I mean, there's a team from Indonesia.
1: We raced a couple of those. We were down in Victoria a couple of weeks ago and just did a Footscray um, handicap race. And uh, those lads were there. Not sure they were loving eight degrees and 45 kilometre an hour norwesterly crosswinds. Mm -hmm. Um, They didn't feature in the finish due to that. But obviously the conditions will will suit them a bit more. Um, Sprinters, for want of a better term, basically. Um, so whilst we did just say that there isn't much sprinting depth, uh, that is what these these boys will be be there to do.
0: A few new teams. I mean, well, Skoda Fruitsio, their New Zealand team, but they're now NRS registered, so we okay. can see plenty of them in the coming coming weeks and months. Uh, Velo Fit Santic. I don't know who they are. I'm imagining they're a new version of Satellist, uh, because there's quite a few
1: WA riders on there.
0: Yes, Bryce Lanigan and Matt Upton, who I know
1: from WA. That's that's kind of what I, I gather. It's um, uh, a conglomerate of basically some some guys who want to try and get some some East Coast racing done.
0: Yeah, be it'd be interesting to see how all this racing plays out. Uh, I'm I'm thoroughly looking forward to it. Um, but we've skipped one team, of course, and that is your own team, Chris. Um, give us the skinny on what we can expect from the Nero K O M Financial Advice Racing Team.
1: Really, really, actually excited about this race, Jamie. Um, so yeah, like I said, sort I've of mentioned before, like we've been trying to just build a bit of, bit of depth across the across the squad, and I think that's you know that's not something that you can really just work on, you know, in one week. So we're we're sort of getting there with them. But in terms of the, the individuals, like um, so, Angus Calder is from uh, from Sydney, and. Um, we train a good bit together down there, uh, under-23s rider who is progressing really well. He joined us when we became into existence uh, two years ago, and he's um, progressing really well. Um, he's been at me to, to make sure he gets the the 101 or the 01 bib all uh, all year, so finally he gets that opportunity, which I'm pretty sure is is done on a lottery basis, but anyway, he's, he's happy now. He's got the zero one one next to him. Taj Jones is the current under-19 Queensland Criterium Champion, um, and he is uh, he's our only Queensland representative. Um, but again, he's really been progressing well. You've got old man me. Um, now, Chris Powell is uh, a sprinter who has progressed honestly, just dramatically in the last six months. Um, we wouldn't have thought that he'd be making this this team six months ago but forced his way in with some some really good results in some of the state racing we've been doing in Wagga and, and down in Nara, and he's forced his way into this team. So, look, if he can get to the finish, we're, we're pretty confident we can get something from him. Um, ben, ben Van Dam, our, our Tasmanian plumber, uh, he is uh, certainly... The, the strong man of the team um this guy was was mixing it right towards the end of grafton um missed missed a, a move or two that might have seen him make bridge those gaps um but uh he's he will definitely fancy himself in that time trial uh and uh certainly being there or thereabouts throughout the whole, whole the whole race he he's, he's short on race experience given but the horsepower is definitely there. Sam Bascombe, an NRS debut for um, under19s rider um, really looking forward to what this guy can do in the next couple of years we were really keen to give him an opportunity and and this was was the one that um, that came up so uh, he'll certainly get a huge amount from this from this race but I'll tell you what like there's there's physically nothing stopping him um contesting at some point and Seb uh Seb same age as myself so he's uh one of the more experienced members of the community but uh this guy just knows how to find a breakaway so we are um you know if you if you've got breakaway riders then this is the race to try and get them up here for so he's certainly going to be um chasing that uh, end of end of the spectrum
0: yeah he had, a, he had an impressive ride, ride at Grafton as well I, I noted him on a number of occasions um mixing it up in the front of
1: that race there. He was incredibly nervous. He um, was anticipating going out the back door in the very beginning, but came up to us just before the race and he kind of said, you know what, guys, I'm just going to have an absolute crack here. And that was the mindset he took in to, to the race and it, it came out really well for him. So we were delighted. Um,
0: well, that's the personnel, but what's the what's the strategy going to be for racing it? Um, you mentioned Chris Powell uh, getting through to finish and maybe having a sprint how much are you going to plan around that or are you looking to try and get on the front foot and really um, uh, get some riders out front and then let it play out from behind?
1: hundred percent on the front foot. We're, we're under no illusion that uh, we're not in the position to be, uh, to be riding brakes back with, without representation. Um, we certainly aren't in a position to to be bringing, bringing the race back to try and set it up for, for Chris um, We'll certainly be be trying to to get up the road, and then hopefully uh, either that leads to to a result from that end of the spectrum, or uh, or Chris is able to to come together, especially on stage one. Though having said that, Jamie, like I, I honestly think, and and we'll be probably stressing this with the guys tonight that it's going to be one of those those races where it's it's not just a situation where the break goes and it's you know cups of tea in the peloton and everyone just cruises home in the grappetto. Oh, i have a feeling that you know things will go things will come back things will go bridging moves will go it's just going to be the whole way so um and that's the kind of team that we've we've selected guys who can handle that so um you know and that's not rocket science i think the the whole uh, the whole 100 and what are we looking at 140 odd will be well, probably a little bit less than that. We'll be under the same kind of instructions, really. Yeah,
0: well, it should make for some fun racing out there. And I'm dismayed that I'm not going to be up there watching it. <laughs> I'm, I'm stuck down here on Tour de France duty for SBS.
1: So, um... Well, you can watch the live stream, Jamie. You can watch the live stream. Can I? I, I don't know. Well, who knows? That. Yes. I don't know <laughs> well, about that. Yeah, well... I mean, the,
0: uh, as as Chris alluded to, there 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 is uh, supposed to be um, some sort of of the event. Stages three and four were um, on the Sunday were the ones that are supposed to be covered in some uh, form, but there isn't too much information on that at the moment. So it might have to be a case of wait and see what pops up in this space. Unfortunately, I think so.
1: I mean, look, I, I love the I love the the attitude here. I love the 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 sort of approach that yes we're we're definitely we're going to try and be creating this this content to get get the information out there because you know we want to build this this and promote this i just have a, this feeling i don't know if you um you know particularly even with the live stream from grafton it i'd love to see us like walk before we can run um Having having some experience lately with the live streaming, it, it is difficult. It's really hard. Um, it's certainly hard to make it a product that people want to to watch. So I'd love to see us putting together some some highlights packages that go out really quickly. I saw some um, great stuff done from the port-to-port the Port mountain bike event was doing some some great stuff that was going out not too long after the race was finished. Not a not a huge editing um, uh, disaster or, or event, but just something that kind of got the race across. And, and that would be the kind of content that I'd, I'd love to see out. But having said that, I, I'm more than happy to eat my words, Jamie, when we, we sit here on Sunday and say that the live stream was flawless and it was the best thing to ever happen to the NRS. <laughs>
0: um, did you see the uh, two of Gipson last year? Because that was the the live streamed event from um, from. And that's probably the prototype for
1: this sort of live streaming. Absolutely, no. I thought that was fantastic. Um, fantastic for for crits and even for this time trial. I think that 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 method is is going to be great. Um, obviously, the road stages, I would I would put that away straight away and um, and go for the go for something slightly more sort of edited and produced. But um, yeah, look, as far as the crits go, hundred percent on board. Let's let's do it. So- oh and don't forget don't forget to oh, tune into our vlogs to watch the uh to watch our review of the uh <laughs> our review of the races. Yeah,
0: speaking of um edited uh ed- edited ways of catching up on the NRS racing, and uh that's probably the best way you can do it at the moment. We'll wait until Cycling Australia come out with something better before we promote them above above you. So Make sure you tune into—is it Nero Kom Racing on
1: YouTube? Uh, so on YouTube, you're you're actually just searching for Chris Miller Nero Racing. Okay, and on your other various social medias, yeah, is at Nero Kom Racing.
0: Um, well, that should just about wrap it up for us, Chris. Make sure you follow the Battle on the Water on Twitter, and that way you won't miss out on live stream action when it does pop up. Thanks for joining us, Chris. Um, thanks for bringing your energy to the podcast.
1: You're welcome, Jamie. Great to be here, and uh, look forward to chatting to you soon. Best of luck for the racing over the weekend.
0: Okay, and now welcome Grace Brown to the podcast, Grace Brown of Holden Team Gusto fame at the moment in her NRS career, but um, of course, the Amy Gillett Scholarship winner from 2018 and the Wiggle High Five resident, I suppose, uh, in recent races. Um, Grace, welcome. Well, thank you. How's the experience been? I mean, you've been over in America and Europe now racing with you know all the best cyclists in the world. Uh, <laughs> what's what's it been like being over there?
2: Uh, it's, it's a bit surreal, I guess. It was a really uh, great opportunity to go across um, and be part of one of the top uh, women's world tour teams. Yeah, just being treated as a member of the team and um, seeing how life as a professional athlete can be. And
0: quality of racing, I mean... Uh, two of California and the Course, in particular Women's World Tourists, and they're both incredibly high quality with, of course, all those um, female riders coming off uh, the Giro Rosa. Uh, what was it like to go up against the likes of, I mean, we've seen the top names like Anna van der Breggen and Annemiek van Vluten, um going right at the Hammond tongs. What was it like to face them?
2: Yeah, so I spent the week leading up following very closely the Giro Rosa. Um, and watching all the names that are basically at the top of the climbing scene at the moment. So lining up next to them was quite nerve-wracking. I was hoping that I'd do well. Um, It's hard to have confidence (laughs) against such great athletes
0: yeah, well, uh, keen followers of Grace will, of course, be reading your updates of the racing action that's going on. Um, what was it like? I mean, we we saw that. You, well, I saw that you rode, that you had um a, mechan- a crash early on, and then the mechanical from following from that, that you couldn't change gear. What what gear were you stuck in there?
2: Uh, so I couldn't go into the biggest ring on my uh, rear cassette. I was stuck with the twenty five on the rear up those climbs, which wasn't ideal. <laughs> Yeah, I don't mind uh, a bit of a grind on the gears, but um, <laughs> yeah, it was always nice to be able to go into your your top gear there.
0: Um, well, regardless, you finished twenty-first in that race, which is you know still a very good result um, amongst that sort of company. has that, that wrapped up your European excursion for the moment then?
2: Yeah, so um, that that was my last race over in Europe. I would have. It would have been nice to do a few more races, um, but unfortunately in Turrigan, I had a crash and broke some ribs, so that put me on the sideline for six weeks um, in the interim. Um, but yeah, I really I really focused on getting fit for the Course. Um, I wanted to go out with uh, as good a result as I could. I did well in that regard.
0: Yeah, it seems to be a bit of a trend, Um, uh, NRS alumni from last year crashing um, in unfortunate circumstances. Um, Lucy Kennedy, of course, breaking both her collarbones one after the other um, is, of course, awful because she was in such good form earlier in the season.
2: Yeah, I was uh, really heartbroken for Lucy because I knew how much work she'd put into coming back for the Giro and I was really excited to see how she was um, going to perform but unfortunately she didn't even get to race either of the any of the hilly stages um, at the Giro so but I know she'll uh, put all her energy into coming back again and hopefully we'll see her at world champs.
0: I think I read that she's um, she hasn't been she hasn't finished any of the qualifying races apart from like road championships so it might be a bit tough for her to get selection which is just stupid because you should be one of the best um, hopes for Australia on that course. But anyway, that's, that's how the system works, isn't it? Oh yeah. One more question. What was it like um, seeing all the Australians over there doing so well in the Giro Rosa? I mean, that must be a real confidence boost for the Australians overseas.
2: Yeah, I think it's, uh, it's great for the Aussie women. Um, there seems to be, yeah, just in the last few years, um, been a huge step up in terms of performance from the Australians, um, and particularly Amanda Spratt is just uh, like in phenomenal form at the moment, um, and really exciting and inspiring to um, yeah have one of our local riders right ride up there at the pointy end.
0: Yeah, I think it's probably good news for our local scene as well, because you, we can say, oh, look at Amanda Spratt, look at Lucy Kennedy, look at Grace Brown. Now, um, they're all products of the um, NRS scene. I mean, obviously you do a lot of work as well um, in personal time, but um, you can race at the NRS and become a fairly good uh, rider. So I think that should uh, pro- provide an example for some of the youngsters and... Um, maybe a bit of a carrot on the end of the stick for some of the riders at the battle recharge, which we're going to jump into now. Um, so coming to Australia, um, hopefully it doesn't seem too much of a step down grace, but, um, it's back to racing uh, the the local stuff. And, uh, we're off to Mewillimba for the, for the first race of the women's NRS this year.
2: Yeah. It's, um, it's nice to be back in Australia and back with, uh, Holden who have, been integral in my development. Um, I'm stepping back more into a more of a senior leadership position in the team, whereas in the past I was I was a bit of a rookie, and um, it, it'll be really nice to um, help guide some of the younger girls um, for the remainder of the season.
0: Speaking of that team, you've got uh, Gemma Eastwood, who's a new rider, and she was. She was super impressive in some of those uh, VRS events I remember last last year, Um, especially some of the handicap events against the men. I think it was Melbourne to Ballarat that she really put a few put a few of the men on notice there when she took. uh, I think it was like a top five or something in that race.
2: Yeah, so she I think she was the fastest female and um, well up there in the in the men's field as well. Uh, So she's obviously a very strong rider, also. at Junior National, she finished second behind Sarah Gigante, our other superstar youngster. Um, so obviously Gemma's got a lot of potential. I'm looking forward to, um, yeah, having her with, our, with us um, for this first race.
1: And,
0: of course, the oh, – I, I was about to say old Warhols, but she's not old. Of course, Erin Keneally's not old. She's, uh, she's uh, the life of the party often at races, and she's uh, – Always good value for money.
2: Yeah. So Erin's had a bit of a a tough year, but she's, she's back on track and um, always invaluable as a teammate.
0: And a few guest riders as well, uh, Jenny Pettenham and Natalie Redmond, who I will admit, I don't know a great deal about.
2: Jenny has been really strong in the um, Victorian road series this year. She's not been cycling competitively for very long, but um, uh, yeah, I was—I've re- been really impressed with her in some of the races that I've done with her. So I think she's going to be a, a really good teammate at Battle. Um, and then Nat Redmond—I don't know her personally, but um, she's a really strong cross rider. Um, she's competed internationally at South Cross. Yeah, obviously she's she's got some some talent there and uh, yeah it'll be interesting to see what she can do
0: yeah well you might have to sign sign a few up and add to the holden talent talent pool so we'll jump into a few of the stages now uh both of the first two stages on the friday and the saturday which uh will be tomorrow when this podcast comes out um well the friday stage will be t- tomorrow sorry um yeah, both 87 kilometers and both look to be on fairly uh, hilly terrain and from going around those courses up there, it's sort of this rolling terrain. Then you get this flat section, which is normally a bit exposed to the winds. Then it's back into the forest, and uh, you're heading up climbs again. So it's uh, not a not an easy course from uh, by any standard. It should be one that suits the suits the climbers, but it's not beyond I'd say like a strong ruler or something to get over some of those bergs they've got there.
2: Yeah, I think um, it's actually the same roads for for both the um road races but each but in reverse the second time around um none of the none of the climbs look super decisive but yeah they'll definitely they'll definitely be taking some sting out of people's legs and i think the overall elevation of the course is actually quite significant so um yeah it will definitely suit like a more punchy sort of climber rather than um, someone who just churns away at a, a long steep climb.
0: Uh, stage three will be a 10-kilometer flat time trial, and stage four will be a criterium around a 1.4-kilometer circuit. That 10-kilometer uh, TT should should give you know a last chance to say shake up the GC a bit, and uh, well, that should suit you quite well. I mean, you've been uh, very strong on the TTs recently.
2: Yeah, I haven't done any time trials in the last few months, but um. Hopefully 10Ks shouldn't be too much of a problem. Um, But, yeah, even so, I doubt there will be much time difference between um, the top girls in the time trial, but it might be enough to separate a few seconds.
0: Okay. Um, We'll get on to a few of your competitors now. And there's a few new teams in there. Uh, CCS Canberra, they're a, a new squad. Uh, Built out of a lot of riders from that ACT region that we know quite well. Um, Belinda Chamberlain, she's uh, the main rider there, but she's not on the start list for this race. Who else we got? We got Lauren Thomas, who's a talented youngster, used to be part of the Phoenix cycling team, but they're just doing men's this year. Um, Who else we got? Sassy, uh, the South Australian Institute of Sport. We got Danny McHenry and Maeve Plouffe who are both talented youngsters and should go well. If it comes down to a sprint finish, that sort of thing, they're both very strong riders in those sort of finishes. We'll get onto one of your main competitors now, and the uh, Tasmanian Institute of Sport, sponsored by St Luke's. Georgia Baker and Lauren Perry um, have turned up for this race. And, yeah, you, you guys had plenty of battles with uh, TIS last year.
2: It was, it was basically a showdown between... Us and them last year. Um, obviously, their team's a little bit different this year without Macy um, and Maddie Fashionett. Um But, yeah, Georgia Baker and, and Lau will be super strong, I expect.
0: We'll talk about Splat now and uh, Jessica Pratt and Jamie Gunning, both youngsters, but they're both quite small bodies, so you expect that. You expect to see them on going up the climbs really fast rather than mixing up too much in the bunch. But I know Jessica Pratt in particular doesn't mind um, pushing her way around the peloton and getting herself in good position, which is, you know, good to see. I mean, you, you don't necessarily see it so much in the NRS as um, elsewhere in the world.
2: Jess, particularly, like she's quite surprising in a in a bunch sprint. Um, you wouldn't expect it, but she's she's always positioned well. And um yeah. If it comes down to a sprint, I uh, wouldn't be surprised if she'd take it.
0: We'll see if she will, because we're moving on to the next team. Now is Sydney Uni Staminade and Georgia Whitehouse has to be the big name there. Um, and we all know that she packs a pretty formidable punch in the sprint. Um, I was actually asked on a, a different cycling podcast the other day um, who I thought could go pro out of the NRS and and I was like, well, it's half of the women to go pro, but to go to the elite level, I'd say Georgia Whitehouse would be my favourite. And that was, of course, uh, you know, saying that you were already in the elite level. Grace, of course.
2: <laughs> yeah. Well, she's um she's had some very impressive results, and wouldn't be surprised if she wins the um crit definitely.
0: Yeah. Next up is Specialized, who Georgia Whitehouse actually guested for in a race in Asia. The two of Guizhou from, from memory. They bring in a very strong squad here. All their riders are top quality. We've got Lucy Bechtel, Ella Blore, Taryn Heather, Kendall Hodges, Kate McElroy, where do you, where do you start with that squad? Um,
2: Yeah, this is, this is definitely a team that has got that strength by numbers approach for this race and will probably be the main competition. I'd say like, obviously. Kate McIlroy is a really, really strong climber. Yeah, and and the rest of the team will be an awesome support for her, I think. I think she'll be their main rider, despite them all being very strong.
0: Yeah, well, we've seen her be the leader at many of the other races in past NRS events, but you can't let any of them get too far up the road in the break, can you? I mean, Kendall Hodges, great experience in America in the last few seasons. Lucy Bechtel is obviously a very strong climber and, time trust um ella blore rising up through the ranks and taryn heather's uh being you know um, a mainstay of that team for a number of years now so i don't know if you'd want any of them going away into broke, (laughs) really
2: no no we'll definitely be watching them and hopefully have another rider in there with them
0: and final team is the v13 kon financial advice racing team um not they looked like a bit more of a development team at this stage but they've got a name in there that you know, i think most people recognize in rebecca stevens who's uh, quite an accomplished racer uh they're the old cbr team uh from for people who followed the follow the nrs for a while and they're led by uh, ds Jessie mclean who used to uh, uh ride for orica ais and uh, i think she i think she uh was one of the first Amy Gillett scholarships uh, scholarship recipients as well, so a bit of yeah. connection with you there, Grace. <laughs> I
2: do recall that as well.
0: Yeah. Well, do you do you ever look look down that list of names on the Amy Gillett scholarship and think, "Wow, I'm part of you know that 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 group" because there's a lot of very good uh, um, elite riders in there.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, pretty much uh, all the Amy Gillett. Scholarship holders have gone professional and, um, you know, had really good cycling careers. So it's it's pretty cool to be counted amongst them. And I hope my future is as bright as theirs.
0: Well, good luck at the racing, and we'll hopefully catch up with you catch up with you um, in not too distant future. So you're back in Australia full time now, and we should uh, hopefully catch you a lot more at the NRS from now. On.
2: Yeah, it's a plan to uh, race the rest of the NRS season. Um, so you'll definitely be seeing me around.
0: Okay, cheers, Grace. Yep. So make sure you tune in from the Friday to all the women's racing action there. Okay, thanks, Grace.
2: Thanks, Jamie.